0: Hey, I'm Julie Bethany and I'm so excited to hang out with you today. If you want to watch this episode via video, there's also a link in the show notes for that. Well, I created this podcast with a vision to help you envision what the life of your dreams looks like and how to live it in a way that is truest to who you really are. I'm so passionate about giving you the tools and encouragement to achieve all you want in life, knowing that you're also going to impact others by showing them that what they dream of is possible for them too, because they saw you do it first. I can't wait to see all you dream up for yourself and I'm here to take that journey as a friend with you. So grab some coffee, a cat, whatever you want, but get cozy and enjoy. Welcome into Living Vicariously Through Yourself, the podcast. Hi friends, before we begin this episode, I wanted to note there is something similar enough to suicidal ideation in this episode to mention it beforehand. If this happens to be triggering for you, the show notes have the exact sections you should skip and I also have a shortened version of this episode that only goes over the highlights and excludes that story entirely that you can find in the show notes too. The suicide and crisis lifeline is 988, which you can now send text to also if you need support. Thanks and enjoy the show. Who is she? She has shown up in a white turtleneck today, which is in much contrast to the normal variety of many black turtlenecks I have as a New Yorker, like um Steve Jobs or Elizabeth Holmes. It's not a great association, friends. Maybe I need to add more color more often. It's just always on my lips, you know? So like... I also need to fix this sweet little lapel um, someday. So I'm not always holding it. Cheers. (laughs) Anyway, welcome. I'm so excited for today's episode. Hi, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to get to hang out with you today. If you aren't already come hang with me more. I post content daily on Instagram and now on TikTok with the handle at Julie Bethany, you convinced me. So if you want more bite-sized empowerment daily, I'd love to hang out with you there too. Alright, without further ado, this is a topic I've recently been studying because I got super curious after seeing the term hyperindependence pop up a lot, and I thought, now, without even reading what it is, this sure sounds like me already, and sure enough, when I learned what it was, totally tracks. So today, thanks to your topic vote also, I appreciate you, we'll dig into what it is, then we'll dive into why someone might have the tendency, and hello, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me, thanks Taylor, and how you can heal from it. Disclaimer, I'm still in the process of healing from this, but I'll share with you what's advised from the experts and we can do that healing together. Sound good? Also, if this isn't you, you're still invited to join me here because this might explain why one of your dear friends or loved ones is the way they are and how to be a good friend to them and I'll explain the spectrum of healthy independence that you might fall along somewhere else, because everyone does. (laughs) That being said, hyper-independence is part of a list of ways we might function in the world. It's like attachment styles, and let me know if you'd like an epi on that too, but there are a few ways we might engage with others in our world, and in relation to how much we let others in and help us, versus how much we try and do entirely on our own. Now, the options for independence are, firstly, we have codependence which means we're very reliant on others and need them to function. Spoiler alert, we all do to some extent because we're human, but I'm talking one extreme end of the spectrum here where everyone is entirely dependent on the help or presence of others and can't, or really don't think they can, is the key. Do many things independently without what feels like crippling anxiety. This is a trauma response too. We can get into that in another podcast if you'd like, so let me know if that'd be helpful to you too by requesting this topic on juliebethany.com if you wanna hear more about healing codependency too. Next, the nice healthy standard of engaging with and needing others is simply called independence. (laughs) It's a healthy balance of spending time with others, helping and receiving help from them, engaging with them, and additionally giving yourself time to spend alone and really know yourself and knowing you're capable of doing things on your own just fine too. But you have a healthy blend here. So it's like the secure attachment style of interacting with and needing others. If you know attachment styles well, it's sort of the equivalent when it comes to how to interact with others and yourself in a healthy way. Okay, we've heard one extreme, codependency, AKA when someone is too reliant on others to function in a healthy way. We've now heard the happy medium and healthy functioning level of independence. Where we're balancing our own independent ability and the way we engage with others. And now, drumroll, please. We're gonna talk about my main struggle and the topic of this episode. The other extreme on the opposite side of the spectrum from codependency, which is our theme today, hyper independence. Now, this at first glance may sound like we're just doing independence really well. Not the case, friends. <laughs> like I said. I struggle with this and it's when someone, i.e. like me, is independent to the point where they function as if they don't need other people. I feel attacked. Just kidding. I'm telling you right now from the inside of the issue that it's not true. We all need people in our lives. We're human and we just do. But this type of person, hey, is the type of person who never asks for help, even when it would be really beneficial to have some. And this is not just, hey, I need help moving this very heavy item and it'd be great if you'd be able to assist me. It's also, hey, I don't need emotional support. I'm fine all the time. Lies from my own mouth. I talk about empowerment constantly and the good side of things. And I don't believe in toxic positivity or endorse it. So I do talk about the things in life that are hard too but I also talk about the steps we can take to make it a bit easier on ourselves. I should say subscribe to Toxic Positivity, it's real. But the way I engage with myself is sometimes by having a toxic positivity type of approach where I tell myself things like, I can do it all by myself and I don't need no man, which is true, Um, but there is a point where you do need other people to function in a healthy way and want other people in your life. So to sum that part up, when it comes to who we rely on for support, Independence is the healthy, happy medium of blending, getting support from others, and supporting ourselves. Codependence is when we rely too heavily on the support of others and don't believe we are capable of doing everything we need to for ourselves. And hyperindependence is believing we don't need others or have to do everything ourselves, so must. No matter where you are on that lovely spectrum, The goal is to get a healthy belief that living life to the fullest and in the healthiest way possible takes moving through our trauma to remove obstacles that will enable us to both accept and ask for help from others when we need it, and that we can trust certain people to do the task, and that we can also trust ourselves to take care of our own needs in equal balance. So, the truth and where this comes from is often people who are hyper independent were forced to do it all themselves. I have trust issues sometimes, I'll admit it. (laughs) There are people I trust absolutely with my life, but it takes me a while to get there with other people. And I'm extremely extroverted, which makes it weirder. (laughs) But I have also had my trust deeply and severely broken. And this is common with people who ended up hyper-independent. They learn that trusting others is very dangerous and unwise sometimes. So trusting people for help physically, emotionally, in any way, really, is hard for someone who's hyper-independent at times. And if this is you too, and what I tell myself as I heal is this, we were forced at one point to be hyper-independent. This is a trauma response, which codependency can be too. It wasn't our fault that we experienced that trauma, which I'll get into next, but what we do about it, which is what I'll cover last today, is important and is up to us entirely and is in our power we had a moment of not having power and this is how we learned to take it back but the real empowerment is understanding that we can heal into an even better healthier state for us which is just independence with no hyper <laughs> we want to learn to balance trust in others and trust in ourselves well in order to stop surviving and start thriving something made us go into survival mode once but we don't have to camp there forever now, let me explain the trauma aspect. Chances are, if you're hyper you already have thought in the last couple moments, as I've described this, what caused that response for you, potentially. And if you have a friend who experienced this, you might or might not know the root of that cause, too. We'll talk about healing from this personality, or this personally, or from the standpoint of being a good friend to someone who is Next. But let me get real vulnerable for you for a moment to explain this. First of all, I've gone to extensive therapy for this, and at this point, I have no ill will toward anyone who caused this in my life and genuinely wish them the best. I personally have a life event in adulthood that caused this response, and additionally, like most adult issues, friends, also have childhood experiences that fed into this. Now let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start in the words of another Julie, that is Julie Andrews from The Sound of Music, great movie. Anyway, with childhood, hyper-independence is a lack of being able to ask others for help, especially emotionally, and it can come from parents who, and I love my parents, let me just say that, absolutely, but no one is perfect, including you and I, unfortunately, and if they're doing this, they were probably parented in this way too. And my parents have absolutely grown and done the best they can at all times. And I know that and I'm grateful for that. But still good to note, parents who do not acknowledge emotions in general can create emotional issues in their children as a general rule, probably because they have the same trauma and were not allowed to express emotions and were told to be tough and pull themselves up by their bootstraps like maybe we were too sound familiar. (laughs) And also you might've heard things like stop crying. It's not that bad. Get over it. You're too emotional. That's not all true for me, but some of it is. And if you're experiencing this, your parents or guardians probably repeated the way they were raised, even if it didn't support their mental health, mental health and talking openly about menti bees. Love that phrase. As you could imagine I would is so much less taboo today than it was when our rents grew up so often. We're finally able to process it in today's culture and stop that generational trauma. But if you heard phrases like that, it means your emotions weren't validated. You had to learn how to cope by pretending your emotions didn't exist, most likely by dealing with them and suffering in silence. So how does that impact us as adults to not have our emotions validated as kids? Depression is common, and I'm going to tell you about my most depressive worst moment in life. Get out your popcorn. I've talked briefly about this on here before, but in my early to mid-20s, I underwent a terrible broken engagement where the person decided the best way to quote-unquote help me get over it was to be as viciously mean as possible. They made our friends two sides and had them be mean to me too. Their family didn't play into it though, and I still see them to this day when they visit New York. So grateful for you all. (laughs) But the person who was going to be my husband told me outright lies and said as mean of things as he could think of, again, trying to help Wild, and to me in order to try and make me not care and pulled friends who I was going to have as bridesmaids into it. Spoiler alert, it did not help. (laughs) In fact, I dove into a really deep depression, I mean, understandably, where I had to go on antidepressants and do a lot of therapy to even function. I lost so much weight and was so sad, and I couldn't even feel anymore. I felt numb. I tried many inadvisable things to feel better. And at the point where I had dropped off my cat on a holiday to be spayed at the vet and was going probably back home, but pictured myself driving into a pole. When I was sitting at a stoplight randomly, I rerouted straight to the walk-in clinic that was mercifully a few minutes away because I scared myself in that moment. That vision scared me. Our brains do weird things sometimes, but I told the doctor I knew I was deeply depressed and needed medication, and it took me a while to get to that point because I grew up in the church environment and am still a Christian, but went to a college in a church environment that frowned upon those things too. So depression wasn't real to some, therapy was bad to some, using antidepressants was awful to some, and I'm a Christian, as I mentioned, but I truly believe God created therapy and antidepressants for a reason, because we live in an imperfect world, (laughs) y'all, and whatever you believe in, I hope what you don't believe is that you can't get help when you need it from the form and source you need it in. So I healed what was an abandonment wound over time, and it still pops up. But do you think after that, I trusted very easily? If you thought no, you are correct. 10 points for you. Have more popcorn to make things worse. Someone in my life said when I was at that most awful point, nobody died. I wanted to be left alone and has tears streaming down my face in that moment, going through the worst pain in my life. And that was how they responded. Nobody died. Of course I learned to not trust others with my deepest needs and then had it reinforced. (laughs) Of course. And if you're hyper-independent, of course you are. It's not your fault. Something forced you to use that method to survive the unthinkable. So what in your life may have caused you to mistrust others to be there for you, not just, but especially when you needed it the most? It may have been one or the other or a blend of childhood trauma and trauma in adulthood. But what was it for you? There is a root cause. The effect is the hyperindependence you're experiencing, but you are a darn beautiful tree or rose or bush or whatever you wanna be regardless. We just gotta do some pruning, had to do it today for this guy, of what doesn't serve us anymore and find what's at the root of it all in order to heal. The rest of what I went through means I live across the country from where all that occurred. I love New York. I loved Los Angeles. I did not honestly love Seattle as much in my heart, but at the time I had to move away from Seattle to gain independence. And when I moved to New York, nearly everyone here functions in a very independent mode. They have to, but what we don't have to be is hyper-independent. So how do we heal friends like me who are like this? And how do we support our friends who struggle with it? First, you have to be ready and willing. If this is your friend we're talking about, they have to be ready and willing to do the work. A good friend helps but does not force. You can be there for someone as they go at their own pace with your support, showing them people can be trusted to help like you. You can be the example they never got in their life before. You can be the one who offers to help and is supportive and loving of them and doesn't expect anything in return. If it's you, know that you don't have to suffer anymore, especially not alone. You've been forced to suffer alone before, but you don't have to keep doing it. There are trustworthy people in this world. So here's what I'll advise to heal and what I'm going, or what I am doing to heal from this myself. First step, focus on the incredible friends you do have. I have multiple best friends I talk to on the phone every week who live dappled across the country, and I have opened up to them time and time again. And they share the same types of hardships and emotions with me, and we walk through them together. We also celebrate each other's wins too, of course, and I celebrate the people and have gratitude for and reflect on my gratitude for the people in my life I can trust to remind myself they're there, even if states away, which also tells you something about the (laughs) hyper-independence. My close circle lives far away for the most part, but I've also lived all around the country and have maintained the most important of my friendships that are most dear to me have gratitude for, and nurture those important relationships in your life with those you can trust. Next, I've challenged myself to call someone or reach out to others I know I can trust in some way when I'm struggling emotionally. I know it's hard, but I force myself because I know I will feel better, and I always do when I talk to a friend and let it out. I called my sister at 2 a.m. my time the other night, around 11 p.m. her time, but she still picked up mercifully And we talked about both of our bad days. I felt so much better. And what I was afraid was going to be a sleepless night ended up very peaceful thanks to that call. I hope for both of us. (laughs) So reach out to the people you know you can trust when you need it and when you're ready. It's helpful before you're ready too. It'll make you feel so much better. So get what you need. Whether it's a book on this or a therapy or an abandonment wound. Take what you need and don't feel ashamed for it. Remember that the people who gave you the trust issue probably got it from someone else too and didn't do the work to heal when they hurt you. Hurt people hurt people. Do the work to heal so you can heal and not hurt others. I like to add to hurt people hurt people that healed people also heal people. Be a healed people. I'm still healing, but I'm working hard on it. And that gives me confidence. I will hurt the least amount of others possible, least of all myself, and can focus my energy instead on healing myself and others. Get what you need to heal, try it out. Ask for help in little pieces first. Every type of growth starts with the first step, starts with a baby step, and continues when you keep going. Ask for help with one small thing, even if you can do it yourself. If you're a manager, delegate one small thing at first. I struggled with delegation a lot when I first became a manager because are we really uh, surprised by that? It takes baby steps at first and you'll get more comfortable the more you do. Share one emotion to a trusted friend or someone even you're getting to know and see if you can trust them. Yes, we wanna be wise where we invest our trust absolutely, but start small. When we know someone can be trusted with the small things, we can often see progressively we can trust them with the big things down the road too. Share one small emotion. Ask for help with one small task. Ask if someone will help you organize under your sink, even if they're just sitting there talking to you to motivate you to keep going. Which is top of mind because my sink was just clogged because my apartment is 100 years old, and I needed to clear out and put back together the space under my sink pre-spring cleaning. I feel like Marie Kondo, who I heard is living a completely different lifestyle now as her life changes. Good for her. Humans are amazing and we are capable of adapting. (laughs) Start small though and entrust a little to others first. Then you can build upon that trust in them and in yourself to delegate or get help when you need it. Finally, don't be hard on yourself. Recognize the things you went through were hard and you need healing and it's not your fault. When you suffer silently alone remember there are people you can turn to get creative start entrusting more to people who have proven their trust in the small things i phoned a friend recently who could help me figure out my new work situation and emotional aspects i'd never shared with her before because over about three years she's built that trust and i felt she was a great person to entrust with that with more and to learn from So take inventory of those good friends you can trust or want to take those baby steps toward entrusting with what matters and don't be hard on yourself in the process. Healing is hard. You know or know you need to do it to help yourself function and stop hurting, but know that any process is still, any progress is still progress, big or small, and that you're working on it. The first step is acknowledgement acknowledge you need help, my dear hyper-independent twin, (laughs) then trust yourself. That's my last piece of advice summed up. Trust yourself. Trust yourself to trust others and to heal. Okay, that was deep. Do we need a palate cleanser? I think so. Let's talk about ridiculous but valid things you can start asking others for assistance with. I'm going to make these up on the fly. You could start by asking someone for assistance with clipping your cat's nails. (laughs) Like... How many of you for real have an easy mani-pedi sesh with your cat? No one? Same. You could ask someone to help you sort through the clothes you never wear. And as a bonus, they get an option to keep any of the ones you discard before you donate them. Fun. You could ask someone for a recommendation on their favorite, I don't know, gelato place? Or whatever you're craving. So low-risk friends, unless they have bad taste, then you can pick where you hang out next if their choice is just bad. But also, who can go wrong with gelato? You could tell someone you've been feeling particularly tired lately, a very unassuming emotion, and see if they have any tips or would like to vent about being tired with you. Or maybe you want to try a new coffee shop. You could also ask someone to share something cool that not many people know about them with you, and it will open the door of trust in a fun way. You can also share something cool with them too. Finally, you could also ask someone their opinion on something pop culture-y. For example, as I wrote this episode, the Super Bowl just aired and you could talk about what someone thought of Rihanna's white-clad blob dancers on her fierceness that I'm sure will outlive this moment in pop culture too. (laughs) Or her makeup. I've never tried it, but I have friends who love it. But these steps are little steps and as silly as I made some of them, they work in building that foundation of trust. As I've worked on becoming less hyper-independent and becoming a healthier independent person who functions trusting myself and others when I do need support, it's taking those small steps. Every time I do this, it's like not the best illustration if you're watching on video, Uh, that I have helped small steps that have helped me not only see that I can trust others most of the time, but I can also have fun spending time with them. I've learned the harder seasons or even days are less hard when I lean on my community and friends to entrust them with what I'm going through. And there are days I get to be the one entrusted to help them feel better too. How cool. And the lows don't feel so low anymore. I'm still a work in progress. We all are. But once you start working on getting to a healthier place and how you engage with this life, it makes life so much less complicated and so much more fun. Hard days will come, they may be here right now. They are for me but there are things in this life that can make you feel like days are easier and trusting yourself and entrusting others with yourself and your needs to a healthy extent helps you get there faster. All right, friends, I hope I gave you something to chew on and I challenge you to ask for one small favor from a friend or entrust a friend with one small piece of how you're feeling this week and watch how it goes. There are people you'll find you don't want to entrust with more, and that's okay too. You've learned. Focus on the ones you're finding you can trust and trust them. You never know. They may need that person to trust too to overcome their own hyper-independence. All right, I'll see you soon. As always, go and make me proud, and most importantly, go and make yourself proud. Please take a moment too to subscribe if you aren't already and share this with anyone who could benefit from this info too and let them know they're not alone in this and there is a path to healing that maybe you could take together. See you next time. Also, I have a short version of this episode that just covers the highlights. If you're interested in checking it out or sharing it with someone else, you might want to see it in a bite-sized way. See you next time. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the podcast. If you want to learn more, find the show in its video format or see more resources for encouragement and living your best life as the truest version of who you are, feel free to stop by juliebethany.com or come hang out with me on social media on Instagram at juliebethany. And feel free to pass this along to anyone who might benefit from the message today too, and share the love and show them their dreams are possible too. Have a great rest of your day and I can't wait to see you next time.